0: Welcome to this week's message from a new church. For more information, or if you'd like to contact us, please visit our website, newchurch.nz. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this message. I want to talk about the presence of the Holy Spirit today, so we're continuing our, our series all about the Holy Spirit. And I called it The Other Guy because so often um, we, we hear amazing sermons about God the Father, we hear amazing messages about God the Son, but we don't often hear a lot about God the Holy Spirit. We sort of know He's, He's there, He's part of the Trinity, Father, Son, and like this other guy though. So uh, I've really um, been so encouraged and, and challenged personally about doing some fresh research and really allowing the Holy Spirit to do a work in my heart, um, just how He's a person, the promises of the Holy Spirit, um, the promises, the presence which I'm going to be talking about this morning. I'm so excited. And um, we often talk, and we've been seeing it this morning, about um the, the manifest presence of God. And there's songs like when you walk into the room, we're talking about God's presence coming in. And and that's a thing where um as as a collective group of God's people, God comes and it's like a tangible presence. His presence falls upon a congregation of people. But um I'm talking about the presence of the Holy Spirit in a little bit of a different way this morning. Um in the sense that He is inside of us. We carry the presence of God with us. So um prayer Prepare to be mind blown. Have your minds blown. I'm so excited about this. Um, so, I'll start with the Old Testament. Now, they had a thing called the Ark of the Covenant. And if you're an Indiana Jones fan, you'll know a lot about the Ark of the Covenant. Um, and that was a box that had the Ten Commandments in it, it had um, other things like Moses' staff in it. But that was the place that it was sort of like it. it It represented the presence of God. The presence of God resided above the Ark of the Covenant. So wherever the Ark of the Covenant was, um, the presence of God was. The presence of God was in the midst of His people. And and God instructed the Israelites in, in a very special way how to carry the presence of God. It was always meant to be carried upon the shoulders of His people, on the shoulders of His priests. Uh, Israel went through a real dark time. The Philistines captured the Ark of the the Covenant. They captured the presence of God and After a little while, they just didn't want the presence of God around them anymore uh, because it it was a big deal having the presence of God, especially when you don't like God. So things started happening. They didn't want it anymore. No one wanted to have the presence of God. So they sent the presence of God, the Ark of the Covenant, back to the Israelites on a cart, on a man-made instrument. Now, God's presence was never meant to be carried upon something. It was always meant to be carried upon people. Um, but these guys, obviously they're pagans, they didn't know this. So fast forwarding a little bit, David is, is passionate about getting the presence of God back to the holy city, back to Jerusalem, but for whatever reason, he said, let's just put it on a cart again. He didn't follow what God said, it had to be carried upon the shoulders of people. He said, let's just basically do what the Philistines did and carry the ark upon A cart, now the cart broke down. God judged someone who was trying to to steady the ark and it was just bad news. So a couple of things we learn from that. Carrying the presence of God is a big deal. It really is. It's a huge responsibility. There is a cost to carrying the presence of God. Another thing, the presence of God was never meant to be carried upon something that's made. It's never meant to be carried upon a project or a platform or a program. The presence of God is always meant to be carried upon people. So David finally followed God's instruction, um, and there was a lot of celebration. The presence of God came back to Jerusalem. So that's sort of Old Testament. Just want to jump into New Testament now in John 14:16. And I, this has been like the, the key text through the series. And this is what Jesus says: I will ask the Father. And He will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive Him because it isn't looking for Him and doesn't recognize Him. But you know Him because He lives with you now and later will be in you. Now in the Old Testament, The presence of God was carried upon the shoulders of the priests. And you're saying, well, that lets me off the hook because I'm not a priest. Actually, in 1 Peter, it says that God regards all of us as his holy priests. We are called to carry the presence of God, but no longer externally. We are called to carry the presence of God in our lives, in our hearts. And Jesus said, God's presence is with you, but later He will be in you. You are called to be a God carrier. As soon as you gave your life to Jesus, you put up your hand and you said, I'm gonna carry God from now on. Now, if that doesn't blow your mind, I don't know what does. Because God, the creator of the universe (laughs) that spoke and amazing solar systems and planets and stars, He's now given us the privilege of living inside us. We are called to be carriers of the presence of God. Now, it gets, gets more crazier, John 16, 7. But in fact, it is. this is what Jesus says a couple of chapters on. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. Again, the advocate is, is a name for the Holy Spirit. It means comforter, counselor, companion, friend, counsel, legal counsel. It's an amazing word. In fact, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. Now, the disciples had been hanging out with Jesus for like three years. They had this incredible opportunity of of spending time, living, hanging out with Jesus for three whole years. And when they got in trouble, Jesus was right there. Remember when he calmed the storm. So just an amazing experience they had about having Jesus with them for three years. And now Jesus is saying something absolutely mind-blowing again. He's saying, it's actually better for you that I go away because I'm going to go away, but the Holy Spirit's going to come and live inside you. Now, they would have been thinking, wait a second, Jesus, nothing is better than having God beside us. Your name's Emmanuel, God with us. And you're saying there's going to be something better? that the Holy Spirit is better inside of us? That's exactly what Jesus was saying. Now, please don't stone me, but this is basically the fact of that verse. God in us is better than having God beside us. The Holy Spirit in us is better than having Jesus beside us. Oh, it's crazy, Simon, whoa. Actually, Jesus said it Himself, it's better that I go away because then you're gonna have the Holy Spirit who is God living inside you. You all are gonna be God carriers and the Holy Spirit's never gonna leave you because He's living inside of you. you now, the Holy Spirit in us, I believe, is by far the most, and I don't wanna call God a resource because He's not a resource, He's a person. But the most undervalued resource we have The most under-honoured gift that we have in in the universe is actually God in us. The Holy Spirit living in us. This incredible opportunity we have about being vehicles in which God is inside. This world is lost. And we are carrying God. We are the vehicles to get God into this lost world. That's why Jesus said, it's better than I go away because now all of you are gonna be carrying me inside of you. Now, you can't have that revelation and stay the same. You can't. So, tough. <laughs> <laughs> Understanding that I'm carrying the Holy Spirit, that I'm carrying the presence of God in me. Wherever I go, that, that God's never going to leave me. He's never going to desert me. And wherever God is, supernatural things uh, the potential is always there to happen. And we all have this incredible opportunity and experience and privilege to, to be God carriers, to carry the presence of God. Absolutely incredible. But having said that, there's probably a lot of implications now. When, when you have that revelation, wait a second, I'm a God carrier. I'm called to carry the presence of the Holy Spirit. It's going to mean some things. And they're all good, but maybe there's a little bit of responsibility that comes as well. So what is the effects or the implications now of understanding that we carry the Holy Spirit, that we are God carriers? Number one, value. We realize how valuable we are and how valuable God is sees us in 2 Corinthians 4, 7, it says, we are like common clay jars that carry this glorious treasure within. We are now carrying this glorious treasure, the Holy Spirit. And we are just like clay, it says, clay jars. Some of us are cracked. Some of us are crumbling. (laughs) But the contents makes the container Valuable. You have like an armor guard truck and it's just like a truck, but when you fill that, that armor guard vehicle with whatever they have, money and gold, it makes that armor guard truck incredibly valuable. Treasure hunters spend a lot of money trying to find shipwrecks and the shipwreck becomes incredibly valuable, not because it's a rotting piece of a whole lot of wood, it's because of the, the treasure within. You become incredibly valuable because you are carrying God inside. So don't ever say that you are worthless. Don't ever think that you aren't valuable. Don't ever think that you aren't precious in God's eyes because you are. You are so valuable that He said, you're so valuable, Simon, I'm gonna put myself inside of you. That's how precious I think you are. Value number two, security, assurance, and hope. Ephesians 1, um, starting at verse 11, I'm just gonna read a few verses here because they're so amazing. Through our union with Christ, we too have been claimed by God as His own inheritance. So sometimes we look forward to getting an inheritance one day. It's like, wow, we're going to get some money maybe. But God looks at you and He says, wow, I'm going to get Christy one day. I'm going to get Wayne one day. I'm going to get Chris one day because He looks at you. You are His inheritance. He can't wait to get His inheritance. Before We were even born, He gave us our destiny that we would fulfill the plan of God who always accomplishes every purpose and plan in His heart. Before we were born, God is pro-life. God's purpose was that we Jews, because um, they're talking to Jews at, at this part, who were the first to long for the Messianic hope and would be the first to believe in the Anointed One and bring Great praise and glory to God. And because of him, when you are not who are not Jews, which is us, heard the revelation of truth, you believed in the wonderful news of salvation. Now we have been stamped with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. We've been stamped with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. He is given to us like an engagement ring as the first installment of what's coming. He is our hope promise of a future inheritance which seals us until we have all of redemption's promises and experience complete freedom all for the supreme glory and honor and God. The second implication about understanding that we carry the presence of the Holy Spirit, value, secondly, is security, hope, and assurance. We've been stamped with the seal of God. Now, back in the olden days, like kings had rings, signet rings, and they had a seal, like a, an emblem, that was very unique and original to them. And uh, wherever they had documents to seal or, or authentically, authenticate. They would um, put wax on that envelope and they would seal it with their ring. And that meant a few things. It meant that that document was genuine. Um, It carried the authority of the king. It carried the power of the king. It carried the protection of the king. Everyone knew that that document had been sealed by the king. It had been approved by the king. You have been approved by God because you've been sealed by His Holy Spirit. Now you may not see that in your life, but I get guarantee the enemies of God sees that seal on your life and they think twice before messing with you because you carry all the power, all the presence, all the authority, all the authenticity of God Himself. And you guys need to wake up this morning because this is good preaching, man. This is awesome. I'm so excited about this. You guys are learning incredible truths that you are so valuable, that you now have hope. It's a seal that the Holy Spirit is a seal that we are saved and set free, that we've got incredible destiny ahead of us. So good. Three, it just gets better and better. Freedom from condemnation, Romans 8, 1 to 2. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Everyone say no. 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 No condemnation. And because you belong to Him, the power of the life giving Spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The presence of the Holy Spirit has freed us. We can live in freedom now. We don't have to be slaves to sin anymore. The, the only power that sin has over us is the power that we give sin in our lives. I love the same verse in the Passion. It says, So now the case is closed. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus. The case is closed. There is no condemnation. So if anything like me, you you sort of understand the forgiveness of God, that He's forgiven you, and you understand how others forgive you, the forgiveness of others. But I think, a lot of us, if you're anything like me, we really struggle with forgiving ourselves. And maybe you've been a Christian for a long time, but you've been an egg and you've done some dumb things. And you really struggle with forgiving yourself. Sometimes it goes into areas of self-loathing and you just think, man, I just, why? But then God is saying, stop it. The case It's closed. There is no condemnation. You have been forgiven. Some of you guys need to forgive yourself. Yeah, there may be consequences to our actions, but we can actually live in this realm of freedom knowing that our sin is completely washed away, that there is no more condemnation. And every time we say, yeah, but God's saying, Simon, shut up, the case is closed. It's finished. Stop bringing it up again. So there is no condemnation. Sometimes we say to ourselves, oh, I just feel so condemned. and Now I won't move forward because I just feel condemned about things. Again, may I, with all the compassion I have in my heart, stop it. Don't use condemnation as an excuse because God's not saying that. So if God isn't saying that over your life, someone else is, and he's not God, so don't listen to him. It's usually the devil. Value. Freedom, hope, assurance, belonging. We have all been adopted into God's family. So you belong in God's family. And you have the Holy Spirit in you, and the Holy Spirit belongs here. So you belong here. And so often we have this narrative going on in our minds like, oh, I just don't feel like I belong. I don't belong. No, I just don't. I'm not like that person. I don't. God never made you like that person. God made you like you and you belong because you are a God carrier and obviously God's presence belongs with God's people and you've been adopted into the family of God. You belong. And the proof of that is that you carry the Holy Spirit's presence in your life. Number five, confidence. In 1 John 4, verse four, it says, the Spirit who lives in you is greater than the Spirit who lives in the world. So just in case you're still sort of a little bit unsure about God living in you, the Holy Spirit is God. He's part of the Godhead. He's part of the Trinity. And it says here, the Spirit who lives in you is greater than He who lives in the world. We can live with such incredible confidence because greater is He, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit in you living in you, then that spirit of intimidation, then that spirit of fear, then that spirit of insecurity, then the spirit of inadequacy, we can live with confidence. Man, I struggle with this, especially going to pastor's gatherings. <laughs> and um, you know, you go to conferences, they have like a pastor's lounge and usually the food's pretty good. Um, <laughs> So it's quite tempting, but man, I just, most of the time in the past, old Simon, um, I've really struggled with that because I feel so intimidated because I'm not like this classic A-type leader. Now, um, an A-type leader, and most of them are pastors, so I'm a little bit unique this, but they're so confident, and they're out there, and they're extroverts, and they walk into the room, and everyone just goes, ah, and. and they're just like opinionated and everyone's listening to every word that comes out of their mouth and they're just so, so, everyone just, man, I'm not, I'm not even, I don't even know if I'm a B type or a C type or don't know how far the lead. maybe I'm an S type, Simon type leader. (laughs) But the thing is that I've got the same Holy Spirit in me than these guys have. God didn't create me to be like that. I've been around long enough to realise more how God has made me. I can be confident in just being me, that I don't have to prove anything, that I don't have to perform, that I don't have to act like someone else. I'm learning this, by the way. I'm not like perfect at all in this, but I'm learning that there is so much confidence that is available to us because God's confident enough in you that He's living inside of you. He wouldn't be living inside of you if He wasn't confident in you. I don't want to live in Simon, man. I'd just rather live in this person over here because he's not like that. Confidence. Number six, abundant life. Romans 8 verse 11, the Spirit of God, I said this before, who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. It's amazing. The Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. And just as God raised Christ from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies. So we're not talking about immortal, we're talking about our bodies now. He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living in you. Abundant life is available to us. Abundant life in this lifetime, is available to us. Now, you're probably thinking, well, Simon, what if people die early? And what if this? And what if this person, he didn't get healed? And I don't have the answers to all of those things. But I'm not going to rewrite the promises in the Word of God, and I'm not going to dilute what the Word of God says. I can't explain those things. But I know that God is God, and God is good. We've been singing that this morning. His Word does not lie. And this promise is available there for us that we can live with abundant life. Now, obviously, we gotta work on that and and eat healthy and do all those sort of things, but there is a blessing here that is available to us because we carry God on the inside. Abundant life. Number seven, power. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 7 We are like common clay jars that carry this glorious treasure within so that this immeasurable power, which means power that cannot be measured, this immeasurable power will be seen as God's, not ours. We have this immeasurable power in us, available to us. The Holy Spirit in you is the power of God for you. But what are you doing with this incredible gift, this opportunity of having a measurable power within you? I don't know if any of you guys, or some of you guys are uh, musicians. Fender amplifiers have got this knob. It's called the presence knob. And I don't know the technology behind it. I don't know many people that do, but I do know this and I read on the Fender Amp um, website. So this is true. When you turn that presence volume knob up, it's not a volume, it's a presence knob, the sound becomes more alive. It sounds like there's more power when you play a guitar with the presence knob turned up. We have God's power on the inside. How much power do you want? It's, it's up to us to, to have the hunger and the passion and the desire to turn that presence knob up to 11 in our lives. That's the difference between someone who's saved and is always defeated and is always in poverty and always struggling, still got the Holy Spirit in him, and someone who, you know, everything they do, it just seems that they've got the favor and the blessing of God. They still go through really hard times, but there's like, they've got this presence about them, this power in them. I just think it's as simple as this this person here has given more of themselves to the Holy Spirit, and this person over here. Power. I'm going to be talking about the power of God more next week because it's Pentecost Sunday. There is a difference between the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and the empowering of the Holy Spirit. And I'm really excited about um, talking about that and hopefully seeing God do some incredible things. I don't know, I was I don't know what I was dreaming of this morning, but I was sort of dreaming that people would be like standing on their seats just like crazy applauding God because uh, of this incredible revelation that, wow, we've got the Holy Spirit's presence in us all the time. All the time. And that means that we can walk with value, security, assurance, hope, freedom, freedom from condemnation, belonging, confidence, abundant life and power and probably a whole lot of other things that I haven't talked about this morning. Eight, it does mean something though and I said it before, responsibility. You can't have this revelation that you are a God's presence carrier and be the same. You just can't. It actually means something now when you start to understand that God's just not with me as a believer, He's in me, and I'm carrying, I'm a container, I'm a vehicle of the presence of God. So we can't remain the same. And my prayer is that we don't remain the same. I was talking to my staff on Thursday, we've just been listening to a little bit of uh, teaching lately about the early church, how When it started, the the church was added, uh, people were added to the group, then they were added to the church, then the church started multiplying and then disciples started coming along and then the the disciples started being added to and then the disciples were multiplied then. The church started multiplying and we were having this conversation. Why in so many people's lives do they reach a plateau? We see in the normal everyday life of the book of Acts with the church, they were just going from step to step. They were always growing and I just think it's, This, that they had the revelation that they were God carriers into this lost world. And they took that responsibility seriously. So how to honour the presence of God in you. Number one, be aware of the presence of God. Just be aware, practice understanding that you carry the presence of God. Now, you think, well, that's, that's, you know, I've, I don't know how, it, it's hard sometimes to be aware of people. You now, Someone can be talking to you, like my wife, and you're just completely unaware. Like you're so focused on something and you're just so distracted by something that someone, um, beautiful, can be talking to you and, and you're just completely unaware. They could be like very close to you. Their presence is right there, but you are just unaware but they're there. The Holy Spirit is in us and sometimes we're just unaware. (laughs) Let's be aware because when we become aware of the Holy Spirit, we can't act the same. Now, when Christy and I were were going out, I I didn't know her that well. Um, I was really excited about the Braveheart movie coming out because, you know, I like the war and I was gonna say I like the violence, but no, you don't say that. But um, just all the history and it's like, I was so excited and just like brought Christy along for a date. Little did I realize that Christy is, God's made her so sensitive, so caring. So when the violence started happening and it's pretty brutal if you've seen that movie, um, especially when Braveheart's wife, uh, William Wallace's wife dies, gets killed. It's really horrible. And man, I was hating every minute of it because I was so aware that Christy wasn't enjoying the movie, that, that she was upset by the movie. I'm not saying it's right and wrong to see the movie at all. I think Braveheart's an awesome movie, most of it. And then I think we left because I was so aware. Now, the point of that is we have the Holy Spirit in us, and the Holy Spirit can be grieved by things that we do. Now, when we have this... Revelation that we carry God with us, it's gonna have to change the way we live. It's not a legalism thing, it's a relationship thing. Be aware. Spend time together. Spend time with God. Because you can't not, you can't spend time with God and nothing happens Spend time with God. Spend time with the presence of the Holy Spirit. And things just start happening in your life. Now, I know for a truth in my life, you know, I can prepare a great message and I can think it's going to be awesome, for example, but if my relationship with God is thin, you know I can preach that, but there's, you know, it's good, I guess, but there's something lacking. I can't explain that, but... Then there are times where I can preach a sermon and maybe a mediocre one perhaps, and, but I've been close to the Holy Spirit and man, the effects of that are just like uh, ripples in ocean, just carries on. You can't spend time with the Holy Spirit and nothing happened. And so often we wanna get all these tricks and tips and they're not really bad, but I think the simplicity of it is spend time with the Holy Spirit. Just spend time in His presence. And He will start moving in your life in ways that are so powerful, maybe some unseen ways, but they are so powerful for one, you'll start to exhibit the fruit of the Holy Spirit in your life. Be aware, spend time together. Number three, honour. Just do things that the Holy Spirit loves to do. And you'll feel the the presence and the pleasure of the Holy Spirit in your life. The Holy Spirit loves it when we worship God, when we glorify Jesus when we get into His Word, when we encourage each other, when we live life, He loves those things. If you wanna honour the presence of God and you be aware, spend time together, honour Him. Number three, do the things that the Holy Spirit loves. It's no coincidence that the Holy Spirit's name is holy. The Holy Spirit. And number four, I know I finished with this a couple of weeks ago, but it is so important. Surrender to Him. Every Christian has the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit does not have every Christian. Every Christian has the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit does not have every Christian. I've been doing a little bit of study recently about deconstructionism, deconstructionalism. So many people are destructing their faith. They're walking away from God and it is just absolutely heartbreaking. And we need to, as pastors, start to address this more. And probably I will. But there was one guy called Gordon on this forum I was reading, and he just says this Is there really any evidence the Holy Spirit is actually here anymore? Our church is fragmented, our miracles are fake, and our fruits are rotten. Is there really any evidence the Holy Spirit is actually here anymore? Our church is fragmented, our miracles are fake, and our fruits are rotten. We are the evidence the Holy Spirit in me, and the Holy Spirit in you. And I think the answer to that is, of course God is here and God's moving, but to how much God is moving is dependent upon how much we give our lives over to Him. That's the recipe for revival. And again, it is so simple, but maybe it is too difficult to do because it demands that we change our life. Every Christian has the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit does not have every Christian. We get the Holy Spirit at salvation, but the Holy Spirit gets us when we surrender. So I've talked to us about how we are vehicles, we're containers of of the Holy Spirit. He's never going to leave us because He's living in us. And the fact that He's living in us means so many incredible things. And and if we want to change our lives and change other people's lives. It's simple. Let's just do these things. Be aware of them, spend time with them, honour them, surrender to them. That is the recipe for revival. Thanks so much for listening. We hope it was an encouragement to you. To contact us or to find out what's happening at our church, please check out our website, renewchurch.nz.